This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicki Weinberg. Hi, welcome to today's episode. Today we're speaking to Dawn Friday. So Dawn uses freehand machine embroidery to create stitch keepsakes and gifts to capture memories in fabric um, under her company, Girl Friday Embroidery. So Dawn sells um, beautiful handmade products and she's going to talk to us today about that business and how she got started. Um, It's a fantastic conversation and as always I really hope you enjoy it. So here's Dawn. So hi Dawn, thank you so much for being here. Could we start by you telling us a bit about your business and what you sell please? Yeah, of course. Hello, and thanks for having me. So um, my name's Dawn and I run a um, product business called Girl Friday Embroidery. Um, I've been working on the business in my home studio for um, nearly six years now and I make freehand embroidered pieces. Um, I don't know if you want me to sort of explain what freehand embroidery is because a lot of people don't really know. I don't Um, really know. No, that's fine. Um, So you've got sort of two main types of embroidery one is what you would see on I would probably say like towels and bathrobes and things like that when you have maybe like monogramming done and stuff that's done on like a computerized sort of program machine um freehand embroidery is where you use your needle as the pen basically so it's actually the other work the other name for it is drawing in stitches um so you are literally using the needle to draw on your fabric um I think my drawing and my handwriting is a lot neater on a sewing machine than it is with my actual hand um but it's just one of those things it takes a bit of practice um but yeah so I draw on fabric I create lots of pictures and keepsakes home decorations all different bits and pieces I'll copy things um yeah and that's basically what I do so how did you get started um, doing that then Dawn? Um, so actually I've never, I've always been creative. Um, I've always sort of loved to make things. Even as a child, we, we were always crafting, um, especially with my mum, she's always been very creative. Um, and I do remember growing up, there were always sewing machines in the house and my mum's always made curtains and things like that for the home. I have never been any good at sewing um I did a GCSE textile not GCSE sorry um I think it was year nine textile class and we had to make a skirt from a pattern and um mine was so off 
I think it would have fit about four people. I don't know what I'd done wrong. Um, my mum had always tried to get me interested in sewing. It was something that I just was not interested in. Um, but yeah, so I've always sort of had that creative streak in me. Um, and then when we moved into the house that we live in currently, I was all over Pinterest, as you do, um, looking for some ideas for my boys' bedrooms. And I kept coming back to this style that I kept seeing, which I now know is, is freehand. Um, and I wanted to have a go at just making them some cushions. So I borrowed a sewing machine from my mum. And um, I was trying to do it using a normal machine, which you can do, but I didn't know that you have to use um, a special foot to do the embroidery. So I almost broke her sewing machine by trying. Um, and then <laughs> I sort of did a little bit more research into it, um, ended up doing a course um, at a local sort of craft place for three hours just to have a go. And as soon as I started, I was so, I was just thrilled. I loved it. And I knew that I just needed to keep doing it. So I came home. I bought myself a sewing machine. I think it was a Tesco's own, actually. It was, it was like £60 or something. I bought the embroidery foot um, and I started practising. And it's just kind of, I, I know people say, oh, it just evolved from there. But it really did. Um, at the time, my youngest was only two. So he was just starting preschool. So I didn't really have time to actually build a business Um but I started off making appliqued items and making them into nappy cakes, which I was selling to friends and family and a few people ordered. So I started up a Facebook page um, and I, I was doing that, but then I was still trying to do the embroidery. Um, and then I just decided to stop doing the nappy cakes because it wasn't really for me. I was just sort of enjoying having something creative to do really um yeah and then it, it sort of went from there and it has as my children have got older and my youngest started school the business has kind of taken on a life of its own um and grown and now I work full-time on it oh well, that's amazing so how long yeah. ago was it that you started sort of operating as a business um I think probably I'd, I'd say I started doing it properly and um, when he started school and he's just gone into year four so it's yeah four years five no this is my fifth year um I had a rebrand um because I was originally called baby cakes because I was making cakes for babies um and then I had a rebrand and and called myself girl Friday Friday is actually my surname so that was how I came up with the name um but yeah so it's I think when he started school I sort of thought oh I'll probably do it two or three days a week but yeah that very quickly changed and before I knew it I was working five days and around Christmas time it's nearer seven but not complaining oh wow so is that um, yeah so I've seen that you sell a whole range of things um mm -hmm. so what is it mostly personalized items that you're selling now or is it 50-50 between the stuff that you've already made? I'd say um, so I don't really tend to hold any stock. Um, pretty much everything I make is to order, only because I never really seem to find a block of time when I can build my stock up. 
Um, so the only time really that I would make any stock is when I do some Christmas fairs, which not sure if that's going to be happening this year anyway, but I normally spend like a couple of weeks, weekends and things just trying to get some stock together. But yeah, most of the um, items that I do sell are personalised. Um, I've kind of, I try to steer away from that a bit, but it's what I love doing. I really love creating the one-offs um, and that does seem to be the most popular. So how do you manage the logistics of that, of making everything to order? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> sometimes I don't, um, <laughs> especially in the last quarter, which we, I, I know we're technically in at the moment, but I, I feel like we're, I always feel like with Christmas, nobody wants to talk about it in September, unless you're actually a maker, in which case you've been thinking about it for a couple of months anyway. And then we kind of get into early October and I feel like we're on a roller coaster and you're sort of starting to head up to the top. And then as it gets towards mid event to end of October, you just tip over and everything's sort of a bit free fall for the next sort of six weeks, really. Um, I mean, I try and plan as much as possible. Obviously, all of my work and my business is, is done around family life. Um, so sometimes I, I'll be honest, I do find it really difficult. Um, it is just me working on everything and everything is handmade. So it always takes longer. Even now, even sort of five years down the line, I still always think I'm going to get more done in a short window of school day than I actually do. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, I, I kind of try and keep a check on my sort of Etsy inventory how many orders are coming in and then if I think that I'm getting to a point where I'm going to be keeping people waiting for too long then I'll close my shop for a couple of days or a week or so just to try and catch up um that is really the only way to manage it or that I know of so, yeah. Well, that, yeah that does make that really does make yeah. sense because I guess as well people there's only so long people are going to want to wait as well yeah yeah I mean sometimes um I'll get things out to people within a couple of days or a week but most of the time it is a two to three week turnaround and then obviously if people are ordering Christmas items sort of the end of September then if it's a decorative item, then I know that they need to have it by early December because most people like to put their Christmas things up early, don't they? But um, yeah, if not, I'll, I will, if, if I think it's going to be sort of four or five weeks, then I will always try and let the person know. Um, and what you do tend to find is because it's handmade, people are quite happy to wait as long as they know that it's coming. Yeah, I think you're right. That yeah. I think that nobody really expects personalised any, you know, anything made to order. Nobody really expects that to come yeah. next day or even next week. No, I think I do think Amazon's given us a bit of a um, a, a tall order. I think I mean you do get some people that message and say, "Oh, I want this. It's a custom item. It's it's." I do a lot of copies of photographs. Um, which obviously is quite time consuming. And then someone will say, oh, could you get it to me by the end of the week? And as much as I'd like to say yes, I can't then leapfrog everybody else that's in the queue. So sometimes you do have to say no, as much as it pains me. Yeah, I think saying no is a bit of a skill, isn't it? It's harder, yeah, than, it's it harder is. than you think. I'm exactly yeah. the same. So you mentioned that you sell on Etsy. So we haven't, mm -hmm. that's a platform I haven't actually, I don't know that much about or haven't spoke um, much okay. about. So um, 
yeah it'd just be interesting to know how sort of how you find selling on Etsy mm. and so why that I guess why that platform's a good place to start yeah um I think Etsy the appeal with Etsy or the purpose of Etsy is meant to be that it is all um handmade there are a lot of items on there that aren't um I don't think they police it that heavily but that is kind of where you go it's, it is more of a marketplace for creatives instead of say an ebay or amazon um i know amazon have got their own handmade section now but i think sometimes it, it can get a bit confused with just the amazon prime so people still expect things quite quickly um but yeah with etsy um i use the etsy app which is great um, it's really user friendly and i like the fact that it's very simple to put your products on. There aren't loads of different steps that you have to go through. And then everything's uploaded instantly and you can split your shop into different sections. You can put your shop on holiday at any time. Um, the commission is quite high, but then to be honest, the other way that people would pay me if it's a direct order is through PayPal. And I think it, it's pretty much comparative, um, the PayPal commission or the Etsy commission. Um, if you sell for any kind of platform, you're going to have to pay some kind of fee, aren't you? Yeah. The transaction. Um, but yeah, um, obviously the, the only thing with Etsy is you are competing with thousands and thousands of other sellers, but they do sometimes pick you out of the abyss and promote you if you're lucky. Um, they do recognize bestseller items you can pay to promote i've never actually done that um i found that just having the link to my etsy shops sort of quite widely available has always done quite well um yeah i, I really like it um and also it, it makes I, I know um i think some of the other like shopify and things like that do the same but the noise when you get a sale is um like an old-fashioned till which even now is just it it never fails to make my day um, especially um, I, I made some items I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point but um, at the start of lockdown and I put things on sale and they were going really really quickly um, I've never had that happen I, I've never had a like things are on sale and then it just snowballs um, and I was sitting with my children and my phone was just going absolutely mad it was just ching to ching to ching to ching because there were so many transactions going through so yeah whoever thought of that is a genius because it's a really good sound <laughs> i didn't know they did that that's so i didn't yeah. really like that it's really fun um we will come back and talk about the i know the idea mm. you mean that you were selling in lockdown yeah we will we'll definitely come yeah. back and talk about that so while we're on etsy i don't do mm. you have any sort of tips or anything you think that if someone was going to use that platform something they think they should know um so on facebook i mean I, there are absolutely loads of etsy groups which you can join so if you are looking at setting up on etsy i would suggest maybe don't join loads because as with Facebook groups, it can get a little, the chat can get a bit overwhelming, but there are some really good ones to go and search out. Sometimes they're for your area, which is really helpful. So if you were to perhaps have a little Google um, or even join one of the generic ones and then ask, someone should be able to direct you um, because I think Etsy is such a huge platform that there are so many people on there. So the wealth of knowledge available is is wide um, there, there's so much but um as i say that i've always found the app is 
to be is really good and it's very user friendly so to be honest to set yourself up on the etsy app really doesn't take very long um to set up an etsy shop what i would say is if you're thinking about doing it i always sort of thought oh i'll do it when i've got like 20 products or 30 products and there is talk of this oh the magic number if you have 100 listing on etsy then you get seen to have 100 products on any site is a lot and you might not even have 100 products so i think there was that sort of mentality but in the end i think you just need to just go for it even if you start the shop and you've got five products on there you're still out there um the hosting is great and the fees are quite low but yeah i would say one thing one tip is to research the tag so when you upload a product onto etsy you have the option of putting 13 tags which is um things that people would search when they go onto etsy to try and find you so as i say there's so many products on there there's so many categories so you need to try and be as specific as possible so it's sort of putting yourself in the mindset of the customer what they may well search for obviously for me if i was to just have someone search embroidered artwork there will be thousands of things come up so you do really need to be um, quite specific um so i normally try and do a little bit of research first just to see i'll tap some things in and see what comes up just to see if what i think is okay or if it's just way off um but yeah that that's kind of all really i mean um they allow you eight photos i think per item um, and then you pop in a title and a product description, but you can set up your shipping categories and all things like that. You can choose where you ship to. I don't ship anywhere but the UK, um, really for sort of postal tracking and insurance purposes and things like that. Um, but there's there are so many options on there. But yeah, that's, that's kind of all I'd say about Etsy really. But yeah, very positive. That's great advice, thank you. And yeah. I, I really like your advice to just get started because I think you're right. It's mm. too easy to say, oh, I'll do this when I've got five products, I'll do it when I've got 10 yeah. products. But actually, yeah, even if you've just got the one, you might as well get yeah. started rather than yeah. waiting. And oh, to be honest, you don't even have to advertise your shop until you've got 30 in. But I think just that overwhelming task of doing anything times 30 compared to five, um, it's, yeah, just, just get going with it. That's great advice, thank you. Mm so do you um sell your products anywhere other than on etsy because you mentioned amazon handmade is that somewhere you've tried or not yeah i i did look at amazon um it's very involved and i think a lot of people i i did apply and then i got accepted when it all started off um i know some people do really well on there but i was slightly put off by the fact um there's a lot of legal jargon that comes with it there was masses and masses of terms and conditions and things like that and one of the things um that slightly put me off was they said that um you uh, they basically own the right to your images and to your listings and everything oh. once they're live which didn't really sit well with me and i didn't want my stuff being moved around and splashed all over amazon if i wasn't really aware of it so yeah I decided that it wasn't for me um I went through the process of setting it up and then I just decided no um but yeah I sell with um the all by mama marketplace as you know um which and I've been with them since the very very beginning I met Gemma at the handmade fair 
when they were first starting up and they were there promoting the marketplace. Um, and I joined, I think that must have been six years ago because I'd only really just started. Um, but yeah, they're, they're great. And I, I love the network um, that we're involved in. I think they're really good. It's nice to have a group where everybody's kind of in the same boat. Um, I know you're on the, the WhatsApp group. So we've, we've got a WhatsApp group going with the All By Mama network. And I think there's quite a few people on there now. Yeah, um, and it feels like yeah. a really nice supportive group as well. Actually, it in does. the show notes for this episode, I'll actually link up for anyone who sort of is getting going because I feel like it's a nice group to be part of, particularly if mm. you're just starting out because it is There's so friendly so much and knowledge helpful. on there as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very technical, technical, but um, some of the I know if I had a question, someone would be able to answer. Um, so yeah, I've, and yeah, so I, I've sold sold with all by Mama for years. Um, and I will continue to sell with them because I think they're a really good platform. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it really. I do have a website, but I don't currently have a shop on there. Um, the only reason is that I haven't set it up yet, but again, it's, as I was saying with the Etsy, I really need to take my own advice because it is that overwhelming. I'm starting from scratch again and that's why I haven't done it. Um, but yeah, and I'm um, later this week, actually, I'm going into um, a pop-up shop, which is local to where I live. Um, it's actually in Chelpsford in Essex. Um, so that's exciting because I've not done that. I've sold in shops before, but um, this is actually on a high street. Um, so yeah, I'm renting a shelf space and I've just been getting all the stock together for that. So exciting. It's really exciting. Well, a bit nervous well. as well. Thank you. <laughs> so will that be made to order products or products you already have made up? No, it, I can't do made to order with a shop like that That's because obviously cool. the turnaround yeah. would just be too slow. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've made up batches and batches of different things um, just to test the water. And I will be there um, in the next couple of months or in the run up to, dare I say, at Christmas. Um <laughs> so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes but fingers crossed oh I hope it goes well and it sounds like a really Thank good you. option because I know a lot of the mm. fairs and markets and things obviously this year are cancelled so yeah yeah it sounds like a nice way of getting your products actually in front of people because I find that yeah. sometimes it's nice if just people can see and pick up the things mm. that you're well maybe now maybe we don't want them to pick them up so much no. you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know what the rules <laughs> are <laughs> I know. but you know it's nice like when people can see them rather than seeing a picture on the screen it's yeah different isn't it so yeah. that's really um, nice yeah and to be honest I get a lot of them um, direct commissions through Instagram and Facebook um, so I've got a Facebook page as well I'd say Instagram is where I do most of my sort of chat and my daily work really um, Facebook I find is quite a struggle now um, unless you want to pay to boost your posts and things people just don't see them I think the, uh, the days of when Facebook used to show your page to everybody just don't exist anymore in my opinion um but yeah so I do get a lot of messages through Instagram of people asking to commission things um and yeah it's that again that's a nice way to be in touch with people yeah that is and so do you yeah. have a shop on Instagram or Facebook or do you just link through to your Etsy store um no I just link through to my Etsy store yeah oh, that's really nice as well so you're not having yeah. to keep like duplicating everything as well yeah 
yeah as i say i am a bit of a technophobe and um when they did the shoppable tags when that all came out i tried to set up my facebook shop so that it could link through to my instagram um and it just didn't work and facebook then just instagram just removed the function from my profile and it's only just come back i think this was about a year ago when i tried to do it it's only just appeared back on my instagram profile but I've got absolutely no idea how to do it now and to be honest I've given up <laughs> it was um, a couple of days of stress and there was nothing at the end of it so well you know if you're getting commissions through there anyway then yeah. it's probably not a big deal because I think no. there's so much we could be doing to sell and promote mm. products but I think it sounds like that might be something that you know you're doing well anyway why yeah hopefully time? yeah yeah you definitely can't do it all no um, so if you don't mind, we're just going to change focus mm. a little bit because I'd love to talk a little bit about, well, we, we sort of hinted to this earlier, the products you created at the beginning of the lockdown in the UK because I was following yes. you, I saw you created them <laughs> and I saw that they literally just flew off the shelves, didn't they? So lovely to hear about I know. I mean, to be honest, I've, I've never had anything like that happen before um, in the last five years. And it was on the All By Mama group where I floated the idea. I don't know if you were around when I I popped it on. Um, So I'd had a couple of people, this was right back at the end of March. So we were literally a week into lockdown. Um, A couple of friends who were nurses who were not spending any time with their children. And the children were quite obviously distressed because they were either living apart from them or they just weren't able to be with them much because they were at work. And I've made um, little, I call them little people, but I've made like little uh, school children since. Um, I'd made fairies and things like that at Christmas time. And someone said to me, could you make me a little version of a nurse with my hair colour and my name on so that my daughter can keep it? So I said, yes, okay, I'll do that for you. Um, And then I thought, okay, this seems like it could be something that other people may want. But I think like a lot of other businesses, right back at the start, I remember watching um, Holly Tucker. She was doing um, the SME broadcast daily and a lot of people were quite nervous about keeping their business going because they felt like, they shouldn't be um I do know some people that did shut for a couple of months because they felt that they shouldn't be trying to promote products at a time when obviously terrible things were happening um so I really wasn't sure how I felt about it because I didn't want to seem like I was trying to make money out of a horrible situation so I made up some samples put the pictures on the all by mama group because I think that it's quite a good group for feedback um and everybody said no you should just go for it. So I thought, okay, I will. So I popped them in the Etsy shop, hadn't shared them at all on my Instagram feed, like not at all. And and I do story a lot as well. And I'd not put them on there. So nobody knew anything about them. And I put them on and went off and I was actually on a Zoom call with some friends. And I was like, what's going on with my phone? And I had so many messages and so many comments and things on this one post that I'd put out. I don't think I've ever had so many likes and comments on one post. And I'd said that they were going on sale the following evening. Um, and yeah, it just went completely crazy. I had so many shares. Um, so what I did was I created um, originally, it was a paramedic um, 
a nurse and a doctor and you could buy them as a male or female and then you could change their hair colour. And I did have some requests for uniform and things like different colour scrubs and stuff. And then you could put a name on them if you wanted to. And they were the three that I put out. Um, and I donated from the sale of each one three pounds to the um, NHS Charities Direct who support NHS workers by paying for hospital parking they give them vouchers for meals and things like that support families and I just thought it would be a nice way for me to kind of give back because obviously at that time we all felt a little bit helpless um yeah and I put the first batch on sale and I didn't actually put a maximum number so normally I'll put something on Etsy of like a quantity of 20 and then at some point they'll go um and I got in a panic in the end because I sold, I think it was 150 in the first batch within like 20 minutes. So I just quickly closed my Etsy shop and, and then had a little cry. <laughs> um, and then went, oh my God, how am I going to make all these? Because my children are at home and we're trying to school and my husband's here working. And I just wasn't expecting that level of, of uptake really. Um, but yeah, we got through it. Um, and uh, I'm still selling now I, I still get a couple of orders a week for them but since then I added in um, a school teacher and a postman and a police officer so um, yeah the, the little people are still going strong I think I did three batch sales of them throughout sort of April and May and I think there might have been one in early June where I literally left it four weeks in between each one put them on sale and exactly the same thing happened every time it was just crazy and I think in total I ended up donating about 1900 pounds to the NHS Charities Direct which was brilliant so yes a bit of a mad moment to be honest oh that's amazing though well done what I know way to give back and yeah what a great way as well to like do something different with your business during a really hard time because as you say mm. people were shutting down their businesses and yeah um people were but that's a really good example of how you check pivoted your business and I don't yeah. know how you managed it with homeschool as well so I don't really <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um there were a lot of tears I wrote to my mum in to help me cut so bless my mum she was cutting out hundreds of pairs of fairy wings at a time covering her house in glitter because they're made out of like a gold glitter fabric that goes absolutely everywhere <laughs> oh I'm glad you um, asked yeah. help that's really important yes yeah yeah I, I don't often that is actually a weakness I'm really not very good at asking for help but I did get to the point and I mean no one else could sew them but yeah my mum was like let me help you let me help at least cut them out and I was in a weeping mess on the floor also trying to teach maths so <laughs> oh, you know what you got through it so well, well I did done. I'm glad you're really proud of yourself because you should be yeah thank you that's fantastic so just to change tack a little bit we've got um, just a few mm -hmm. more questions to finish up if that's okay so um I think you've sort of covered this but um what so are there any challenges that you've encountered along the way I mean you've just shared a pretty big one yeah or... I mean <laughs> I, I, I mean I would have said up until March this year that really my most challenging period every year is the run-up to Christmas um, because you know life as a family is busy and we have a lot of school stuff going on and I'm also trying to organize my own life um, and no matter how organized you try and be 
every year I get myself into a massive stress um, about how much I've still got to achieve and when I want to get it sent out by. And it normally ends up with my husband sitting me down, <laughs> giving me a talking to, <laughs> saying it's not as bad as it seems. Um, and yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Um, but yeah, obviously this year has thrown us all a massive curveball. And never ever did I think that I would have my children at home for nearly six months and for like four months of those be trying to do schoolwork with them. Um, my boys are eight and ten so some of it was quite challenging I hold my hands up and admit that um, especially in the maths I don't know how they teach them now but it's not how I learned so that was a bit of a question mark um, but yeah it was just it was just the juggle of everything um, just permanently being exhausted and um, trying to work and keep the kids happy and not live in a mess um which to be honest in the end I didn't really worry about um it was only once people could come back in your house I suddenly went oh my god I haven't tidied up in three months <laughs> quick get the hoover out um but yeah I think um generally things that I do find quite tricky sometimes obviously when you work on your own sometimes it's quite hard to know if you're getting it right um I had a wobble couple of days ago because I've made a load of new products and I might like them but it doesn't mean that anybody else is going to like them that I find really hard um and I think it's just judging how the year's gonna go it's really hard to predict especially with handmade um you never quite know who's gonna order when and especially now I guess as well because this year has been something that nobody could have mm. ever predicted um yeah for personally it's made me feel much more uncertain about the future like nothing's a certainty anymore is how I'm feeling um Mm. yeah and hopefully that feeling will go but it definitely feels now like anything could happen yeah definitely um yeah I mean I've had some amazing things happen this year but also it's been really hard so yeah I I don't know I I personally am feeling quite nervous about the Christmas season um more so than normal but having spoken to lots of maker friends everybody else is like, oh I think it's going to be amazing but I don't know I'm I'm still a little bit skeptical I just think so many people have got other things going on um and now with all these new restrictions and everything like what none of us are quite sure what Christmas is going to look like this year are we but um yeah but we can only do what we can do um I'll just keep sewing <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea and I do think people <laughs> whatever happens however Christmas looks this year I do think people will still be buying yeah yeah I hope yeah I think it's one year when you'd hope that um that will continue and Mm. to your point about um sort of creating new products not knowing what they're like I think that's Mm. one of the benefits of being part of a network as you were talking about the yeah having people to whether it's a network like that or like you were saying about the Etsy Facebook groups or whatever but having people that you can sort of say what do you think of this is really Mm. good because I think even if you're so I think this applies to makers and people who perhaps source their products is it's really easy to think that something's great because you like it and then yeah actually you're the only one or you've completed yeah. the mark on something so yeah going mm. having people to sort of share your ideas with is is brilliant and something yeah. that I would personally recommend that everyone has people they can use as mm. a soundboard and I think also it's important to have people that aren't your friends and family 
because they will always say oh that's lovely but that's not actually always helpful um because sometimes it isn't <laughs> but they just wouldn't want to say that so i think it is good to um to have other people especially people that do the same sort of things as you that you can talk about things yeah with. definitely because yeah. i think you do need a bit of constructive criticism and mm. as you say like um I'm, I, I could look at something you'd produce and say, oh, that looks really good. But I wouldn't know if the stitching was good or anything like that. No, so no. having people who sort of yeah. do something similar makes, it makes sense. Yeah. And also, I think just who run small businesses, because obviously, I, I mean, most of my friends are employed by other people. So when it's just you, sometimes people don't really understand how stressful it can be. Um when you're trying to do everything and the making part sometimes ends up being quite a small part of it it's everything else and you have to be good at everything unless you're going to outsource um which i don't currently so i do my own accounts and like all those things i've had to learn how to do um but yeah sometimes it can be a bit stressful yeah and the buck stops of you as well i think that's something yeah. that i found when i first started being self-employed and I was doing something completely different I was teaching yoga but I found it really tricky being the person who had to make all the decisions mm. because when you're employed you don't actually often get to make that many decisions no um but suddenly you're making all of the decisions yeah shift um, isn't it yeah and also you're the one who has to motivate yourself to do your job because if you don't do it it doesn't get done so I mean I used to be a PA and there were days when I used to, I sat in a team of people and we'd all be sitting having a chat and you'd sort of think oh, I haven't really done that much work today but it didn't really matter whereas now like my time is precious um and I know I do put that pressure on myself but when the kids are at school I need to get on with it um and I need to put the phone down and get off of Instagram which is <laughs> I know we all do it. Stop scrolling. Um, and yeah, I think my husband's discovered from working at home over the last six months how much I do talk to myself as well. Um, <laughs> because normally there's no one here. So <laughs> I'm always giving myself a talking to. Put your phone down. Get on with your work. <laughs> well, as you say, you need to be the person to do that, don't you? Well, yeah. You yeah. can always get your husband to tell you that from time to time. <laughs> yeah, he's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine, mine neither. No. So I can I completely can tell Dawn from this whole conversation how much you love what you do. It's really coming across. Um, so what what is it that you love about running your own business, about making your own products? Tell us some of the things you um, enjoy. So I would say um the chance to be creative on the occasions when I am not working so it did get to a point during lockdown and um, I think it was the end of June when I made the decision to close the business for a couple of months because I was just too stressed out um, I was fed up of not really doing anything very well but trying to do everything um, and so I just shut my shop for a while I still took on the odds job here and there so people were emailing me asking me to, to make things but I didn't actually advertise that I was doing that um and I was so grumpy because I wasn't sewing um I think I and I always tend to get this sort of over Christmas I'll not do anything for a couple of weeks because everybody's at home and obviously having a nice time but 
when it comes to starting up again, I then get the fear because I've not stitched. Um, I always get the fear about posting on Instagram. I know other people say that if you've had a break. Um, but yeah, I, I do. If I don't make, I'm really grumpy. Um, so that's obviously something that I just need to do. Um, so yeah, just being able to create daily whether it's something that goes in the bin or doesn't ever see the light of day I just like to be able to sort of have a fiddle around with the fabric and just have fun um I love the fact that I can most of the time last six months excluded um work around my family life because obviously that's the reason why I'm self-employed that's the reason why I run my own business and I don't work for somebody else because it is so flexible um and I also love um, the other side we were talking about, is like the sort of Instagram side. I really love connecting with people and actually chatting to people and sort of talking about what I've made and people asking me to make something and then knowing that they've gifted it. A lot of the time things are made and then they've gifted. Um, and that's quite special when someone actually chooses you and says, can you make this? It's for a special occasion. Um, and I know that person's going to love it. And then it's always great when you get good feedback afterwards. Um, so I do always appreciate the, the good thing with Etsy is people go back on. They don't have to, but they can once they purchase and they can leave a review. Um, and when you get a really lovely review, it, honestly, it makes you weak. So, yeah, all of those things, really. I completely, I completely can, can see all of that. Um, um, so one final question, if that's okay. So yeah. um, if you had to give one piece of advice to another maker who wanted to start selling their products, what would it mm -hmm. be? Um, I would say be yourself um, because it shines through in what you do um, and create your own style. Um, there are a lot of us on Instagram that freehand embroider, but we all do it in a different way. Um, our work all looks different. And I think you can tell when someone is trying to not copy, but when someone is trying to do something that isn't them. Um, so, yeah, I would say just just find your own way, really. And find your own style and don't overthink it. Just do it, <laughs> which is my message to myself most days. Um, as I said, you kind of faff about and you, you think about things too much, but sometimes you're better off just having a go advice thank you and i think mm. was particularly with products like yours that are creative so things that people are making from hand um mm. there's so many different styles and everyone has their own take so you're i think that's brilliant advice because whatever you do some people will like it and some people won't and that's fine mm. and that goes for absolutely yeah. every seller on etsy or any other platform yeah um, because it all comes down to what you as an individual are looking for and what you like and what mm. your taste is so yeah, I, think that's, I think that's great advice and I think creating things that you like is probably a really good place to start yeah yeah and I think people can tell if you've made something and you love what you're doing it does come across um yeah I mean that there are some things that I get asked to make um and I don't particularly like what I've done but I've followed the brief but they're the things that won't tend to make it onto my Instagram feed. Um, so, yeah, I only really share what I love. Yeah. And I guess if the person, you know, the recipient loves it, then that's, mm. that's fantastic still. Yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you so much for all you've shared, Dawn. So if people right. want to come and have a look at your products, where's the best place for them to go? Um, so I would say if you are on Instagram, pop over and see me um, because I do share a lot of behind the scenes stuff on stories as well. I do love stories. And, and before I wasn't alone in the house, um, I used to be on there all the time. Not so much when the kids were around because I still find it quite weird. Mummy, why are you talking to your phone? Um, but yeah, so I'm always sharing new things over on Instagram and on Facebook, but mainly Instagram. Um, and then my Etsy shop currently is, is where you can find everything perfect thank you and i'll link to both of those in the show notes so people can lovely. get them really easily well thank you so much for your time Dawn. it was lovely to talk to you thank you thank you for having me welcome as always i really hope you enjoyed the conversation with dawn i would love to know what you think remember you can get in touch vicky at tinychipmonk.com and do also go and take a look at dawn's products over on etsy as well um so thank you again for being here if you have some time please do remember to rate review and subscribe to the show and um looking forward to talking to you again next week if you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.